Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. When a young and talented Chinese actor... Uh, is fired from a starring role on a television show. He attempts to salvage his career by entering into a romantic relationship with a successful casting director. And that is the plot line for the film A Leading Man, which opens tonight. Uh, it's, uh, I believe it's premiere, uh, world premiere at the uh, uh, Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. Uh, at the, you can see it at uh, 8 o'clock at the Directors Guild of America. We'll get into all that information and such. But we are joined by first-time f- uh, film director, feature film director, writer and director of this film, A Leading Man, and that would be Stephen Kung. Stephen, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much, Mike. Nice. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, pleasure. And uh, enjoyed your film a, a lot. And I, I, uh, I want to uh, kind of get to the to sort of the story, where the genesis of the story came from, because right. you are the writer and director. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about where the, the story came from. Well, um, actually, uh, like many independent filmmakers at the time, I was looking for a job and, uh, you know, a day job. And I was interviewing at uh, actually visual communications and they and we had i had been talking to the executive director about you know um a, you know asians working in the industry in general and discrimination and she talked about this report by sag um sag after about asians in the media and how uh-huh. asians are more likely to watch a show if uh, asian americans are cast in it or asians are cast in it and how like commercials have caught onto this trend, but not TV and film, and so there's this sort of discrimination lag, and that sort of caught my attention. I was like, well, why aren't people making more films for the Asian audience? Why aren't there more Asian Americans in front of the camera? And she's like, well, you know, the, it's discrimination, and so I decided to make a film about it. And you know, there have been plenty of documentaries and satires about this subject, but no one's really made a feature film fiction narrative. And I believe that when you make a fiction narrative, sometimes the audience is more open to the truth when they watch something that's fiction. You know, I feel like Philadelphia was a film that really raised and elevated the national dialogue and on AIDS and LGBT rights. And I want to do the same with, you know, media, uh, Asian-American media equality with The Leading Man. Yeah, and I think that's an excellent point. I mean, documentaries, uh, I, I love documentaries, God knows, uh, but it works. Just reading an article in an, in an, in a magazine, there is something uh, a bit removed from it, in, from that information that you're getting. But when you see people interacting, that's what the beauty, the 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 wonder that is good acting is the ability to make the story and the people in it relatable. I agree, and and in order to get themselves absorbed in the story, I think people have to suspend the disbelief and they have to buy into the world. So when people watch fiction narratives, they automatically buy into all the assumptions that, you know, uh, stereotypical roles for Asian Americans exist, there's right. discrimination, there's racism, and so I think all of that comes into buying into the story and believing in the characters and watching them interact. I, I, I think that is su- such an important point to be made. Once you know, This is true in, you know, in academics, in a, de- in a okay. debate. If you buy into a premise... You're going to win the debate. If if people right. buy your premise, you win, 
and, right. and I think and I think and I think that's the case here. And I, I mean, it's not a premise that people uh, you don't have to suspend belief. This is, a, I think, is prima facie uh, a reality in the world of entertainment that we do not see, um, you know, a, a lot of especially in leading roles. I, 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 I mean, Jackie Chung. I mean, there's very, very few people that you could name in that starred in uh, top uh, above the uh, title um, in Hollywood in the history of Hollywood that are, very are true. especially as romantic leads. You know, when I was um, uh, when we were shooting with my star Jack Yang, you know, Jack mentioned when was the last time you remember an Asian American um, or an Asian having uh, a kiss on screen? Yeah, and uh, you know, with with a white person, right? Uh, or and I, I was like, oh. Um, or, or in any type of Asian American feature, and I, was, you know, or American feature, right. and I couldn't think of one, you know. And yesterday at the uh, LA Asian Pacific Film Festival opening night, George Takei was speaking. You know, he was the opening night film, and he was talking the same about like how he, when he went to the industry, he had a whole bunch of stereotypical roles. He was sort of like forced into by his agent, and how he didn't like them, and he feels like he made some dents in the progress. Um, or Asian American representation on screen, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Yes, and um, by the way, I want to remind our listeners: we're speaking with Stephen J. J. Kung, and is the director of the film called *A Leading Man*, which is uh, is playing tonight. This is Friday, um, May second, at the uh, L.A. Asian Pacific Film Festival. You can check it out. It's the 8 p.m. screening at the Directors Guild of America, which is, by the way, seven nine two zero. Sunset Boulevard. You can check that out. Um, and the film itself, A Leading Man, um, it starts out, for me, it started out as uh, what appeared to be uh, kind of a straight-up comedy, in a way. In, a, in mm. the first few minutes, first, I'll say 10 or 15 minutes of the film, you know, I, f I felt that's the direction that you were going with this. And then it starts to slowly turn towards a relationship film right. that turns into a, a, a more drama as the film progresses, but at the heart of it, you're 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 never far from the core story, which is uh, this uh, uh, Chinese actor, Chinese American actor known as CQ, um, uh, who's struggling to find his way not only uh, in his personal life but in his professional life, and the and the the deals that he is apparently willing to make along the way. Um, right. And that is that is that an accurate way to, to to frame that? Yeah, that's that's basically it. You know, I'm I'm fascinated with people in dif difficult situations. I mean, that's the essence of drama, right? Lots of conflict, and uh, and quite frankly, I feel like you know, if you're an Asian American actor working in Hollywood, you're in, in an almost impossible situation where there's a lack of opportunities and you have a lot of things against you. And I was like, oh, that'll make for a great drama, you know. Yeah, now. Um, now, Stephen, have have you tried uh, your hand at acting? Is this? I mean, was there some? I actually, I actually had no desire to act, but you know, having worked behind the camera yeah. and working as an assistant in Hollywood, you know, you're frequently on a lot of phone calls with your boss. Yeah. Um, sometimes officially, sometimes just listening in and taking notes, and the things people say to um, each other on the phone. Uh, you know, make me, uh, you know, incense me and uh, disappoint me frequently. So, 
you know, in a way, writing this film was um, very cathartic for me. By the way, I think I misspoke. I think I, I, I should have said GQ is what I meant to say. I think I said CQ. Pardon me. Oh, that. I thought you said GQ. I, maybe I did. I, I just all of a sudden, I was flashing that I had said the... Anyway, so tell me, casting obviously was an important uh, part of this, uh, the, the, the making of this film. Tell me a little bit about casting of uh, Jack Yang and, sure. uh, and Heather, Heather Mazur as well. Yes. Um, Jack Yang came to us sort of at the last minute, um, but what we did was we basically met with him, and um, you know we, we, we didn't we didn't do a reading or anything, and we just had lunch. And as soon as I met him, I knew he was the guy. You know, as a director, you look for you look for, you look for actors and people who sort of embody the character and bring something, and you trust a lot of your instincts. And meeting with him over lunch. Uh, there's a scene in the movie where GQ gets up and sort of tells off his boss and goes on this bit of a rant about all all the frustrations he's had to endure and the indignities. Mm-hmm. And Jack, in real life, told me about a real-life event at SAG where he did the same thing. It was basically a bunch of people gathering about diversity so to sort of pat themselves on the back on what a great job they've done. And no one asked the difficult questions. And... You know, Jack got up and asked that and sort of probed the people on the panel for, um, you know, sort of called them out on the lack of progress and sort of challenged them to do better. And as soon as he said that, I was like, you're in. You know, that's, <laughs> that's sort of, you know, because in, in the media and in real life, you know, we get stereotyped as being very uh, Asian-American men get stereotyped as being emasculated and uh, demure. And I wanted something someone who was the opposite of that yeah and 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 he and there's a, another important component i i found in his performance is that he is uh, a very charming he's a, a very i the word facile comes to mind he just seems to be, <laughs> be you know in, in the way that he's he, you're able to relate to him easily able to relate to his his character he just seems like a very charming person and is that he is. He's. Um, he's. He's got this charisma yeah. in real life that is, you know, when certain certain people, when you meet them, you're like, oh, he's a star. He's an actor, and he has that quality. As soon as you meet him, yeah. he's. You know, he's very striking. He's very tall. Mm-hmm. He's very handsome. He's got this like. He exudes this natural natural confidence and the swagger that I could only hope to imitate one day. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's. He's, yeah. he's definitely a leading man in real life as well as on screen. And as soon as like I met with him and sort of everyone else in the room, when I introduced them to the, the crew, they all sort of instantly fell in love with him. He's just got that type of quality about him. Yeah, no, I, I found it to be the case as well. I just I've, I was drawn to him as as a as an, a, a person. I mean, I, like you said, I think if I met him, I'd, I'd have that reaction as well. So. Uh, and tell me a little bit about the casting of the leading lady. Pardon me, is uh, Heather Heather Mazur. Where, yeah, he- you... um, Heather Mazur. We sort of just uh, plucked from the audition process, and she came in, and uh, she sold it. You know, sometimes when uh, you know, sometimes finding a cast member, it's it's really hard to make a decision, and sometimes someone just sails in and uh, shoots their cannons, and you're just like, oh my god, this is sold. You know, and she was sort of like that, and. She blew everyone away in the audition, and we we knew she was Rachel right after right after she auditioned. Well, I, and, I, yeah, I'm sorry. The, yeah, the thing about her that I, I I found as well is she she certainly felt like she could be uh, uh, the I mean the casting director part, which which is a very kind of a tough 
uh, role. That's, that's a tough job in, in Hollywood, casting director, because as as Hitchcock said, so much of a movie is made before you step in front of the cameras, and he yes. meant casting. That is really such a key element. And if you're good, you're you can make a movie. You can make a a, a, a medium movie very good, and you can make a good movie great by casting correctly. And uh, true. And I I think that she has that sort of persona, but then she has the vulnerability in the character as well. I thought she was really good in this film as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she. You know, um, I think. Uh, Heather exudes this intelligence, yeah. natural intelligence about her, and she gives the impression of someone who also has a thick skin yeah. and is very professional, and those are all qualities that embody a casting director. And so, um, you know, I, I wanted, you know, and she's very sociable, she's got those skills, and she sort of talks the talk and walks the walk, and and also a lot of it is how they look, you know, and she looks, you know, Heather's very beautiful, mm-hmm. but in a very accessible way. You know, she doesn't look like a movie actress who's playing the part of a casting director. Right. She mm-hmm. looks just like a really hot casting director. Well, so, now, yeah, now this, yeah. Is, I'm going to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Stephen J. Kung. The film is A Leading Man. It is playing opening uh, at the, it's playing tonight at the uh, uh, L.A.'s Asian Pacific Film Festival. That's uh, Friday, May 2nd, 8 p.m. at the Directors Guild of America. Um, and you'll be there for a, for a Q&A? Yes. Uh, me and, and almost the entire cast. You oh. know, Jack will be there, Heather will be there, okay. um, and, and a whole slew of others. Now, this is, Stephen, this is your first feature film. Uh, it you, is. You've directed, uh, some, done some documentary work uh, before mm-hmm. this. Um, now, there's some obvious differences between documentary and, and narrative. Uh, is there any, as a director, is there anything specific? What was your first experience like? I mean, your first feature film experience like, uh, generally speaking. But is there something that you, you, you didn't realize until you're sitting in that chair as, an, as a narrative film director that you really didn't realize until, you were, until you're actually sitting there? Some, some, ex, some sort of level of awareness or experience that you could share with us? Um. Well, I, I, I sort of prepped myself for, for directing this film by producing another film. Um, it was around the same budget level, and it was Ernest Borgnine's last movie. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of, like, as the UPM, as the unit production manager on that, I pretty much followed the director, whatever he was doing, and sort of sort of learned his lessons. Mm-hmm. And so when I came to set, I was very prepared. I sort of had the shot list, and, and you know, a lot of productions are like, Gone with the Wind in the Morning and Dukes of Hazard in the Afternoon. And for me, it was like, because we had a short shooting schedule, it was like Dukes of Hazard from Morning to Night. And I guess what I learned from this shoot was um, sometimes it's, you know, there's so many voices, different voices on the set. And I'm a very collaborative director, and I like to trust everyone in their expertise. But sometimes you have to be... Sometimes you have to push people a little more and you have to sort of just make the decision and you don't have time to sort of like ponder the artistic ramifications of your, of your decisions. You know, sometimes you have to like make the decision right there, then and there, commit to it and keep going. Yeah. And, you know, in an ideal situation, I'd like a little more time to sort of let myself breathe on the set right. and just sort of soak everything in and look at the big picture. But, you know, at, at times... I was just unprepared for how much I felt like 
a, a machine, a directing machine on the set, you know, just calling action and cut or having my first AD yell action and cut, giving notes and then moving on. How, how many shooting days? It was 18 days. Okay. Wow. That's, that is a short, that's, yeah. that's compressed. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, generally, what did you shoot on uh, the, the cameras uh, that you used in this? Uh, we shot on the Alexa. Okay. And, you know, we had this, uh, we had this big debate with the DP um, before the shoot, whether it was going to be Red or Alexa. And, you know, I, I had shot with the Red previously on, on my smaller gigs. Yeah. And, you know, I really liked the look of the Epic. But most of the DPs like, are in love with the Alexa. I mean, it's more user-friendly. But okay. And then when I compared the two of them, I mean, the Alexa just has this dynamic color range yeah. that yeah. Red doesn't, and it can handle whites and greens a lot better. And just the amount of stops. And there are certain scenes when we were timing the movie, we actually had to uh, time that blow out the windows a bit because there was too much detail, and it looked unrealistic mm. because... Um, just because the camera was so good, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, I, I hear you. On everything. So we're like, oh, this doesn't, it looks like CG because you can see everything in the shot. Let's blow out the window a bit so it looks more like film. Yeah, it, it's a good-looking film. I mean, it, it, whatever you did, it, it came out well for, for that. And I've heard uh, with Red, because there's a lot of filmmakers who use Red. And yeah. A lot, especially ones who come on here. Uh, that sometimes you get some uh, focus issues uh, with Red that you have to be pretty precise with that but I, I i'm not even sure if that's uh in a, you know oh interesting i hadn't heard that okay but, but another plus with red is that it's it's sort of dirt cheap right now because yeah. it seems like a lot of people a lot of ad uh, a lot of acs sort of have reds and you can sort of rent the mm-hmm. red you can get the red package for free if you hire the ac or the dit gotcha. who comes along with it so yeah. um but i mean red is a great alternative and plus it's it's 4K and it's a you know it's yeah. so much cheaper than the Alexa. I right? I know I know and and I know Panasonic's coming out with something pretty pretty cool now. But anyway, aside from that, aside from the sort of technical stuff, what's been the reaction uh, to the film? I know it's played some film festivals. I know it's done well. The critics have been very kind to the film. Uh, but uh, within the uh, Asian Pacific community, what kind of a reaction have you been getting for for uh, a leading man? You know, it's kind of a disruptive film and it's provocative and. Uh, after the screening is over, you know, people, people will pop it, you know, they sort of have to sit there and think about it. And it's a movie that, um, that people like to talk about. It provokes discussion. And the Q&As for this film have all been great because they have a lot of questions. And, you know, there are, uh, there are a couple of twists and turns. And, you know, the, the, the movie also explores ideas of love and relationship and commitment and what it means to work in this industry and how far you would go to sell your soul. So there's an introspective aspect of it for a lot of people who work in the industry mm-hmm. who watch it. Um, and, it, and people react strongly to it. And uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to make a film that provokes discussion because I would rather have that and have a film that's completely clean and too polished where people finish it and they're like, oh, that was nice. And then they have not, nothing to add to it, but it's made to make a film that adds to the discussion and that's, that that's, was my goal yeah and that's great and i think i don't know this is sort of a the the game within the game with your film and that is you're making a movie about uh, a an asian pacific or in this case a chinese actor being the lead in a movie right about and he's the lead in the movie so yeah. it, it, it so <laughs> it's 
So it is. It, it sort of a, it reinforces this the notion as you're as you progress through the film that you're watching this film about that idea, and you're watching a, a lead actor who's uh, who happens Absolutely. to be. Absolutely, yes. and, and per you know per like the leading man requirements, we made sure that you know yeah. he he ticked off every box on that checklist. Yeah. You know, we gave him a sex scene. We yeah. gave him yeah. a, a, a date scene. We gave him a scene where he gets to you know. Where he a scene of catharsis. We gave him a scene where he gets to be haughty, and you know, GQ is not your traditional hero. He he's actually an anti-hero, and you know, he does a lot of things that are questionable, yeah. you know, morally dubious. And you know, in in creating a leading man, you have to create that sort of complexity and sort of challenge the audience to sort of um, think about him and and question his actions and. Yeah. Um, those are all qualities of a leading man, and and I think Jack did a glorious job of um, fulfilling fulfilling his duty that role. <laughs> I I agree, and and I I think more films. Obviously, we need more films uh, like this that do challenge our perceptions. And I, I you know I over time I think that. I think, as uh, the arc uh, of uh, is a long one, but bends towards justice. I do think that there is something in that concept about uh, acceptance uh, and and uh, perceptions that will change over time. And I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel. If you feel like there's progress, is there sort of a one, two steps forward, one step back feel to these things? I I don't know. I'm not in the middle of it, but. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's been very cyclical, you know. Um, we we were sort of coming out of uh, some dark ages and sort of entering like a new wave of like Asian American stars and film and and mm -hmm. the web and television. But you know, if if we look at history in the '60s, you know, we you know the studio system made you know Flower Drum Song and yeah. the World of Susie Wong and yeah. Anna Mae Wong had her, was starring her own show on television so even though things are really good now things were also really good in the 60s and the 50s and um but, you know the you know there was sort of nothing in between and then but you know if you go back to the silent film era Cecily Hayakawa was one of the highest paid stars um he you know he was the Brad Pitt of the silent film era yeah. so yeah. you know it's we have peaks and troughs and even though we're at a peak right now i want to make sure uh you know we continue on the up and up and we don't decline into a yeah. we, we stay on the crest and don't go back into a trough well i i yeah and to uh, to congratulations to you on a leading man and uh, and congratulations uh being in the la asian pacific film festival i know that uh David and Nasil and all the people there do just a terrific job with all of these uh, with these films every year. Uh, they and, do, yeah, they do, and uh, you know, and thankfully you had this conversation with I assume Nasil on all of this uh, at the beginning. Is that who you were referring to uh, when you were talking about visual communications? Um, yeah, I, um, yeah, well, okay. basically, I've been working with uh, Anderson Lee, the artistic director, and okay. Abe. Abraham Ferrer, the senior programmer. I only met uh, Asil over email, and I talked to David Magdale. Okay. Uh, I met him in person yesterday, and they were both fabulous. Yeah, aren't they great people? They're just yeah, really I are. love them. Yeah. 
Well, and, and very supportive, and they and they and they they're very dedicated people, professionals. They just do a great job. So it's always a it's always a pleasure to uh, to have uh, any sort of a, a trans transi- transaction with them, and and uh, they're just a, well. Good. Well, congratulations to you. And again, it's uh, uh, Leading Man is screening tonight at the uh, Directors Guild of America on uh, 7920 Sunset Boulevard. And that's at 8 o'clock. You can go to the uh, uh, Google LA uh, Asian Pacific Film Festival. I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, you'll find it. Well, they can also find tickets at leadingman.com. Well, there you go. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash leadingman. And our Twitter handle is at leadingmanmovie. Very good. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here, Stephen. Uh, Thank you, Mike. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.